Hello and welcome to episode 18 of series 4 of the Engaging Internal Comms podcast. This is the show for employee engagers and internal communicators who like to keep up to date with all that is new in our profession. My name's Craig Smith from The Big Picture People. Well, first of all, uh, well done if anyone did take up the offer that we mentioned on the last couple of shows about the Unite Employee Experience Conference in London. Uh, that's now completely sold out. I'm not sure how many people took up the uh, the offer that we've got. If you're still interested in that, if you head across to the website for, if you Google uh, Unite Employee Experience Conference, uh, there is a waiting list now if anyone would like to attend. Uh, you can find the link to that back in our previous shows. Uh, and as far as I'm aware, where the uh, the code that we were given is still valid as well so that's uh, that's mentioned in the last episode's show notes if you want to have a look at that okay so and i'm i'm going to be there at that uh, conference as well and we're going to be recording some interviews hopefully with uh, live live interviews with some of the some of the uh, great speakers they've got there and trying to grab a few minutes with them uh, to for you to listen to on the show okay so coming up in the next couple of episodes on the 12th of September I have an interview with Matt Shaw and Tama Carell from iCore. They're going to be telling us all about the importance of communicating sustainability within our organisations, environmental sustainability, and and more broadly uh, other sustainability issues, and how we can make them interesting and compelling for our employees rather than some sort of legislative download. And then following that, on the twenty sixth of September, I have an interview with Jennifer Kripner. Jennifer works for the Institute of healthcare excellence in the United States and she's been doing some amazing work on helping people in health healthcare system in the US deal with organizational burnout uh, and how, how they've been helping professionals and organizations to deal with organizational burnout and uh, wherever you are in the world I'm sure that resonates for you and we can imagine in the healthcare systems particularly post-COVID how there's a there's been a legacy of uh, burnout and catching up and waiting lists and all sorts of things and regardless of whether it's US health system or even if you don't work in healthcare at all uh, I think the lessons for all of us around how to manage and deal with this phenomenon of burnout which many of us are experiencing is a useful thing so I think you'll find that a really useful conversation so if you've uh, not already subscribed to the show you can do so the show is now also available on YouTube um, it's been there for a while now but if you if YouTube is your thing and you prefer to listen to uh, your audio as well as I know it's a, mainly a video platform uh, I know a lot of people do listen to audio and we've got a few subscribers on there so if you go to the our website version of the podcast engagingic.com you'll see all the different platforms that you can listen to the podcast on obviously you're listening to it on this whatever format you're listening to it now but you can also listen to it on YouTube and iTunes and Spotify and a variety of other different channels if, if they are ones that you would prefer anyway that's all for now let's move into this episode's interview. Our very first episode in 2020 covered the topic of employee advocacy and how our external brand links to our employee engagement and our own employees' attitudes and behaviours. And since then, we've revisited this topic in a number of guises in, in interviews with other guests. But specifically, I wanted to come back to this idea of employee engagement and brand advocacy, and particularly in a kind of post-COVID world, how employees 
now are able to act as representatives and advocates for our brand in an informal and an informal way as well. So that's what we're going to explore in today's interview. We're going to look at the idea of what brand advocacy is and how we can encourage and enable our employees to act as advocates for our, for our brand. That army of people who can be out there marketing our business, explaining our brand, really living our brand values in a way that means that we can really, really leverage our own marketing uh, capabilities as a business, but also make sure that we are really walking the talk as a business. So we're going to look at that. We're going to look at that in, 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 a, in a number of ways, but we're also going to talk about the challenges of how we can actively enable our employees to talk about our brand. Our employees are present on a number of different channels. They have their own social networks, social media networks. They have people who they meet and talk with and inevitably they will talk about that their, their company that they work for our brand and how they do that is obviously really important in shaping the way that people perceive our brand and can have a detrimental or a very positive impact on that and do we and should we and could we help them to be able to do that in a more joined up and coherent way without being manipulative I think is a really important question that organizations are thinking about as well. So that's what we're going to be looking at in today's interview, the idea of how employee engagement, brand advocacy, internal and external marketing and internal communications link together to mean that we can create a group of people who work for us, but who are actively and positively promoting our brand. My guest today is Kerry-Ann Stimson. Kerry-Ann is a marketing executive with significant experience in marketing strategy, digital marketing, social media, marketing research, branding, and marketing communications. Kerry-Ann is also a public speaker, podcaster, and business communications coach. Kerry-Ann believes that marketing can't be successful without first having a strong employee engagement and brand advocacy. So good morning, Kerry-Ann. How are you? Good morning, Craig. I'm very well, thank you. And thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. Thank you very much. And and I think it's only fair to say, Kerry-Ann, uh, your dedication is exemplary and that it's at 3am in the morning for you, which uh, I'm massively grateful for. And and may, maybe it's worth explaining where you're based, just so listeners may, may understand why there's that time difference between uh, between us. Oh, it's my pleasure. Well, I'm actually coming to you now from Kingston, Jamaica in the Caribbean. So I'm quite a few hours behind the UK. <laughs> so, but you know, it's my pleasure. It, it's, it's a mutually convenient time and it's nice and quiet. The kids are still asleep. <laughs> so it works out fine. That, that's, you. that's brilliant. No, and, and I, I think mutually convenient is, is very, uh, I think the, the, you, you, you're being very gracious there. So thank you. Thank you. <laughs> carry on. Um, tell us a little bit, bit more. I've given a little brief introduction there on, on your work, Kerry-Ann. Tell, tell, tell the listeners and, and, and me a little bit more about what, what it is you're doing at the moment and, and maybe kind of what's led you to this point in, in, in your career at the moment. Sure. Well, right now I am the CMO or Chief Marketing Officer with JMMB Group, which is a financial group based in the Caribbean. We are headquartered in Jamaica, of course, which is where I am. But we also have operations in Trinidad and Tobago and in the Dominican Republic as well. So mm. we are an integrated financial services group and I've been with the company now for almost 11 years. Uh, and that's my day, day job. Uh, but my passion project, which really gets me excited as well, is I am the producer and host 
of my very own podcast. So I'm a solo or independent podcaster, as they say, and it is called The Internal Marketing Podcast. And as the name suggests, the entire focus of the podcast is around internal marketing. And uh, the reason for that is because as a marketer, I've just really come to appreciate over the last few years of my marketing career journey, really come to appreciate the importance and the link between companies or businesses that recognize the importance of marketing internally to their employees with a view to engaging them in the mission, the vision, the purpose, and the value proposition of the brand and its products and services. And that connection, the connection between that and the external brand to the customer and, of course, growth, revenue generation specifically. Mm. And so it's been a wonderful journey and um, quite quite honored to be able to have those conversations and share it with the world through the podcast. Brilliant. Oh, that's fantastic, Kerry. Thank you, and and I'd, I hadn't made a note of that in my, in our show notes. So actually, so what I'll do is is um, after we finish speaking, I'll get the link to your podcast. Now, is that on all of the usual all the usual podcast platforms? Do you publish that on iTunes and? Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Available wherever all the major podcast platforms, it can be found there. Wonderful. Well, we'll put a link in that into the show notes. So if you're listening to this and you and you want to kind of pick up on that, go to the show notes on the on the website, and I'll put a link into Kerry Ann's podcast there. So uh, yeah, it sounds like we've got a a very kindred spirit there in terms of our our two podcasts. So you're you I'm in internal comms, you're internal marketing. I think there's a big overlap which we're going to explore uh, together now. Yes, indeed. So, um, so tell tell me a little bit about for you then the link between external brand and employee engagement. For me, I, I we've we've covered this on the show before, and, and I think our very first episode, which was back in twenty twenty, I'm trying to remember, it was kind of COVID, which was when our our podcast launched was was very much about that very topic. And I think it's one you can't talk about too much. This link between um, you know our, our our employees being our kind of biggest marketing uh, yes. opportunity um but tell us a little bit more about that. you've started to touch on that in, in your introduction carry Ke- on but the, the for you the, the link between that external brand and employee engagement and employee internal employee communications and marketing um t- tell us a little bit more about that maybe expand on this idea of brand adv- advocacy if that's okay Oh, absolutely. So, of course, when we think about external brand, which I think most people, whether you're a marketer or not, you're familiar with that, the external brand is something that virtually every business invests in. It's about how does the brand show up and and how is it relevant to the external audience or customer or target customer that we're trying to reach, right? Mm -hmm. So we spend a lot of time invested in building brand awareness, making sure customers and target customers see us. Uh, We position ourselves so they understand what it is we offer. And of course, we do things like building loyalty in the brand. Mm -hmm. So customers who do take advantage of what it is we have to offer, we want them to stay we want them to come back again and we want them to share the good word with anyone in their network or in their community Mm. uh, to come in and kind of join the family as it were but what a lot of businesses are still realizing some have and more more coming on board which is great is that there is a very strong connection between your employees and uh, the how the brand shows up for them internally Mm 
connected to the external brand and how it shows up to the customer. Now, before you had your very first customer, you likely had your very first employee. Mm. And our employees are not only the ones who create the product or, or, or serve the customers, if it is you're in the service business, but they're really the ones that have the power to deliver on the brand promise that we make to our customers every single day. Mm. And if you recognize that, then it's also important to note that if we therefore don't engage our employees up front so they're clear about the mission, the vision, the purpose of the brand, if they're not clear about the value proposition that we offer, why and what makes us better than the competitor, then, and, and, and sorry, I must also add, if they're not empowered to be able to deliver mm. on the brand mm. promise, they don't have the tools that they need to be able to do that, then it means then that how the brand shows up externally will fall short of the promise that we've made to our customers. Mm. And so the message is that for any business who relies on its people to operate and, and, and to deliver on a promise to the customer, you have to start with engaging your employees because mm. not only does it empower them to be able to deliver on the brand promise, but it empowers them to be advocates of the brand. And when you think about it, our customers would faster believe the word of our employees mm, mm. than they would believe the messages that we spend all this money to put out through our official marketing channels. Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. No, and, and that definitely resonates. And 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 Kerry Ann, I know you working in you working in obviously you're working in financial services, so you're working in a service industry by by definition. And and I think it's interesting because we'll, I would imagine, you know, with our listeners there's a mix of of, of service industries and and also you know maybe a manufacturing and other primary industries do you see that this relates to you obviously with a service industry it's very much about customer you know the contact with the customer is obviously because you're delivering a service rather than a tangible thing this equally applies in your mind to 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 industries that are making or, or businesses that are making things rather than you know providing a, a direct service is, is is that what are you what are your thoughts on that that's an excellent question. And the answer is yes, I believe it's applicable mm. in those circumstances as well. Because yeah. uh, whether you're making widgets or whether you're delivering mm. a service, there is a why to your business. There is something that drove, well, what again, our vision, mission, and purpose. And also for the products that we're making, yeah. there's something about our products that's better than the competition. For those yeah. employees who are part of the production process or the design process. So let's say, I I'm a technology company and I'm designing software or, mm. or, or developing software. That technology team, the, the design team, their understanding of the brand goes into that production process. If mm. we say to our customers, well, we promise you an easy, convenient experience through the use of our technology platform, the designers of the platform would have to ensure that it's delivering on an easy, convenient promise. If, mm. if we're making a widget and it's shiny and new and red, if our employees don't understand that it has to be yeah. shiny and new and red, yeah. then they're not going to be able to deliver on that product either. So it covers both the commodities in terms of products and services, any sort of industry that you're in, internal employee engagement yeah. is very, very important. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think, you know, I've worked in, in manufacturing myself and, you know, not it's not it was one of the two of the, the key areas that we were always measured and used to communicate a lot were around service and quality, which is, you know, getting the cook, making sure that the products are there ready for the customers to, you know, our sales and marketing people to be able to sell when they 
need them or when they've promised them, but also that when the customer gets them, that they're of the quality that they you know, and 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 they're delighted with them. So, so yeah, I think you're absolutely right there. I think, I think the two. So it's just I think it's important to emphasize that because I think often we think of you know kind of a yes. retail or, or or kind of you know telephone services uh, where 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 obviously you know the the customer is in direct contact um, yes, indeed yeah so so i guess the, a question then is is from your experience what is it that makes employ- some employees be band advocates and what what switches switches them off and might make me to i'm not quite sure what the opposite of a brand advocate is um uh, but 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 the opposite i guess of, of you know someone who who either actively disrespects the brand or or is, is ambivalent to it what, what do you what, what are the things that you, in your experience make the difference between the, the, those two different uh, mindsets that our employees might have Yes. So in, in, in the world of internal marketing, ideally, what you would want when you talk about engaging employees in the brand, what you'd want is not just so much a head knowledge of, again, what the brand is and what we stand for and what we promise and what we deliver, but you'd also want to bore, almost border, I like to say, on creating an emotional connection between your employees and the brand, mm. right? Uh, because it's actually the same emotional connection we want our customers to have. You know, I spoke earlier about the fact that when our customers buy from us, we want them to come back again and we want them to make recommendations to their networks, their community, family, friends to buy from us as well. And that usually happens when there's that emotional connection. Mm. And similarly, if we want our customers to feel that connection to the brand, it's the same way in which through internal marketing, we want employees to feel that connection. Mm. So it's bordering again on emotional uh, coming just from cerebral into Mm. Why am I a part of this company? How does my values line up with the values of the brand? My purpose in terms of my role here, do I see a fit with the purpose, the overall purpose of the organization? And I feel that connection. It's going to motivate me to want to not only be more productive Mm. and make my contribution to the organization, which is another side benefit of internal marketing, Mm. but it's going to also motivate me to be an advocate externally to members of my community or certainly to the customers that I serve or or make or produce widgets for as the case may be yeah because if you don't have that connection then what you may have as as you were asking earlier as Mm. opposed to brand advocates you could have branded detractors Mm. right yeah so you know websites like the glass doors of Mm. this world where employees can go on and talk very openly about companies that they currently or would have worked at you don't want your detractors on a platform like that you want Mm. employees who are connected who are happy who are satisfied and feel the need to to promote the brand and to promote the organization. And so having that engagement, creating that emotional connection helps to drive a process of advocacy on the part of your employees Mm. that every business should really be striving for. Mm. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, and that kind of takes on, takes me on to the next point that I wanted to, to talk to you to you about, Carrie Ann, which is I think you've already kind of led led into this, which is this, uh, and I can't remember whether it was one of your posts or where I read this, but but I read somewhere that that um, 
the employees in general have a ten a network that is ten times larger than the companies. You know, if you if you if you add together everybody who works in the company, the people they you know friends with on Facebook or face to face or other networks is, is is when you scale that up, it's ten times bigger than the you know the corporate follower base. Um, and I guess if I if I if I did read that on one of your posts, I guess you as you you would agree with it. But if not, is that does that con- concur with what you know? And I, and I guess what. W- w- how does that then link into this idea that you know we can engage that that army of of of, of employees advocating and promoting our business? Then um, you know that's much more powerful than any, any marketing campaign that we may invest in. Yeah. So, so do those statistics ring true with you, Kerry Ann? Well, I'm glad you raised that point, Craig, because there are some people who would perhaps argue, well, I only have a handful of employees and my Facebook page has a has 100,000 followers. There's no way that their, that their <laughs> communities amalgamated would be larger than certainly the community that we've been able to build as a brand. And that's possibly true. Mm. But even to that, what I would say is that in the world of social media, especially, what we've seen over time is that for companies who want to show up on, on various social media platforms, wanting to build communities and increase their reach, that comes at a very high cost, right? Mm. So platforms like Facebook and Instagram, even Twitter now, they they say to companies, look, if you want your content to be promoted on our platforms, even if you do a simple organic post, you're not going to get the reach that you're looking for, the impressions without paying. So you have to pay to play on yeah. the particular platforms. When you think about it now, your employees who are on these platforms as individuals who come with their already existing networks of family and friends, neighbors, what have you, they're the ones that when they put out content, their content will actually reach farther and get greater engagement and impressions and interaction and views than your own content from the official company platform. Mm. Yes, simply because of how the algorithm behaves, but also because, again, people prefer more authentic connections Mm. on platforms like Mm. social media. And it's that kind of authentic engagement and relationship that your employees as individuals can drive that you as an official company brand will not be able to drive. Mm. Because again, when you think about it, people expect company A on its Facebook page to talk highly about company A. I mean, Mm. it's like, okay, what else are you going to say? But when your employees through their platforms say, you know what, I love working here, or this is a wonderful experience I've been having, or this is how pleased I am to be able to serve our customers. This is why we do what we do. And just coming across in a very authentic way and sharing their journey as a member of the team in, a, in an authentic manner in their own voice tends to get greater engagement and certainly greater believability on the part of the people that you're trying to reach. And so that's really what's so awesome about having your army, as I like to say, and thanks for, mm. for repeating that, your army of employees who are taking the company brand along for the ride as they engage with their communities online and yes, indeed, even in person. Mm. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, it takes me back when I, I used to work in a, in a big multinational manufacturing company, and, and part of my job was that we used to do kind of uh, employee engagement audits. So we we used to do a kind of you know the kind of standard survey every two years, but we also we we would travel down to around to different facilities and 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 get focus groups of employees together and just just talk to them. And it wasn't that we were trying to kind of catch 
catch out the management team though we were genuinely because we were outsiders they would probably say things to us they wouldn't say to their own bosses and we so we'd kind of anonymize it but also kind of kind of collect it and one of the questions we always used to ask ask them in the focus groups was what do you tell your friends when you're in the bar or, or at the pub <laughs> about, about what it's like to work here when they say what it's like to work at, at, at x and and it was always very revealing what they would say and you know because they, they 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 didn't you know tend to sort of um dress it up for us because we we kind of built that relationship with them and they and you know and it was always quite interesting to play that back to people you know it was either a mixture of um yeah it's okay it's it's money at the end of the day and kind of quite you know impartial ambivalent or versus you know oh, it's great you know I, I, it's a brand everybody recognizes and and you know they they, they always want to talk to me about what we're doing and that sort of thing so so it was yeah. and i think that's always you know really that litmus test of what our employees tell their friends about us is really important because it, it yes, kind of indeed. tells us how well we're doing doesn't it yes indeed it sure does yeah so um i think we've, we've you you mentioned Glassdoor, and there obviously are very structured ways and and i think you we're talking here about a mixture of you know kind of unstructured things that you know post and I've, i i think anybody who's on facebook and has a wide circle of friends sees people ranting about you know their job and and their work so that's <laughs> kind of like <laughs> unsolicited um there are obviously things like Glassdoor and there are other advocacy platforms. Um, are there issues that organizations maybe need to think about and, 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 and should they and could they be moderating some of this stuff or at least listening to some of this chatter, I guess? And it kind of links to what I was just saying there about that, the, the process that we used to have at my former uh, employer. What, what are your thoughts on, on that, Carrie And is that something that you, you, you know, you've had any experience of? Yes. So when you, and if I'm understanding your question correctly, mm. Craig, it's what are we doing as a business, as a company, to keep our fingers on the pulse Definitely. of what our employees are saying and feeling, and 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 that's something, of course, uh, I advocate for. But even as a marketer, I recommend that companies try to take that a step further. So for mm. those of us who are in the HR or people roles in businesses, what typically happens is we tend to do our traditional employees satisfaction and engagement surveys, which of course are necessary and we should continue to do them because they give us a temperature check on how employees are feeling. Uh, Do they feel valued? Do they feel heard? What's the relationship like with their team leader and even assessing the performance Mm. of their team leader as someone who is able to adequately manage teams? Companies need to be having those conversations and digging into the data through surveys and even exploring on a deeper level through focus groups perhaps on what employees are feeling. But what I also suggest, Craig, is that certainly from the internal marketing perspective is that companies also try and determine how engaged are our employees in the brand itself, the company brand itself. Mm -hmm. So again, through a a survey like that, in the same way we would do brand surveys to our external customers to do a temperature check of whether or not customers are aware of the brand, what do they know about the brand, how do they feel about the brand. It's a similar kind of survey where you would invite your employees to indicate, do they know the mission, the vision, the purpose Mm -hmm. of the company? Do they know what makes us better than the 
competition? Are they intimately au fait with our value proposition? If they were to get a random question from a neighbor or family member about, well, why should I buy from your company Mm -hmm. as opposed to the competitor X or Y? Do the team members, do your employees feel that they could confidently answer that question or do they feel they'd get stumped? You know, in my experience, we did a survey a few years ago, quite recently, and the responses we saw were surprising because we saw generally employees were satisfied. They were happy with the culture. They were proud to say that they worked with JMMB. But when we asked the question of, well, if someone came up to you and said, why should I invest in GMMB's financial solutions as opposed to another competitor down the street, that's where they were stuck. They really didn't know if they could have Mm -hmm. given an answer. And this is for the majority of the team, especially those in the middle and back office. And so we recognized that we had a lot of work to do as far as internal education and sensitization about our value proposition and how our products and services worked. And so these are the opportunities. These are the things that an internal brand survey can share with you. And also things like asking your team members, do they feel they have all the tools they need to deliver on the awesome brand promises that we make to our customers every day? Do they feel Mm. they have the tools, uh, the environment that they work in, and also things like your employee net promoter score yeah uh, would your employees confidently recommend this company to family and friends as a company that they should come and work with uh, these are the things and so that's my recommendation always keep your finger on the pulse of not just level of engagement and satisfaction but their awareness and engagement and knowledge of the brand and the products and services and their level of confidence in being able to advocate for the brand externally if needed to do so mm, excellent Excellent. Excellent. I was going to ask you next about personal branding. I'm going to come back to that after this next question, because I sure. think that it, it follows on from what you've just been been saying there, Kerry Ann, which is, and, and that sounds like you've got a really fantastic process there, which is, I think is a really important distinction between, you know, the kind of general employee survey, which is really important, obviously, but uh, but also that kind of brand connection survey, which, which is really, you know, you know you've, as you've just, just illustrated there is, is equally important. In terms of listeners who might be listening to this and thinking, you know, this is this is kind of ringing some bells for me here as to this really, really kind of links to our organization. Um, if you wanted to build, a, I mean, and, and as I, I, I guess the vast majority of organizations, big and small, tend to have a some sort of way of measuring employee engagement, but I guess less so around brand advocacy where where would you start on that what what are some of the things that that you'd you'd recommend if if we're doing the kind of employee engagement uh, and if I, if they're not they can use there's lots of resources but i guess this kind of brand advocacy advocacy engagement is a different thing what where, where is it just as simple as setting up a survey or are there more kind of subtle things that that, uh, that, that you would need to think about So another great question. So when you talk about setting up for brand advocacy success, so it first starts out, and you're right, it first starts out with doing the temperature checks, as we would have just just discussed, which is Mm -hmm. about employee engagement and satisfaction and overall brand engagement and branded knowledge of Mm -hmm. the mission, the vision, the purpose, the products and services. Uh, Making sure that your product, as I like to say in marketing, they're four basic P's of marketing, place, price, product, promotion. In the Mm. case of internal marketing, uh, which is a necessary foundation for employee advocacy, the product is the culture. It's the job that the employee is in. Mm. And like in any external marketing scenario, if you want your customers to advocate for your product, 
then the product has to be great to begin with. Yeah. So in the same way in internal marketing, if you want your employees to be advocates, make sure that the product, which is the company culture, the job, the compensation, the leadership styles, make sure the product is great. And that provides a great foundation for your employees to feel even motivated or inclined to be advocates. Mm. But the second thing you want to do, Craig, is yes, make sure that they understand the products and services that you're asking them to advocate for. But the other thing is, how are we empowering our employees to be advocates? What are the tools that we're giving them to be able to advocate for the company, either online or in person? And uh, when I say advocate, and and this is where we get into a bit of what I call muddy water, because Mm. there are some companies who believe that empowerment is really about just creating maybe a nice location on the intranet or a shared database. And we put content on there and employees, they get a target they need to post on LinkedIn once a week and they must go into this shared space and copy and paste the content Mm. and drop it on LinkedIn and which talks awesome things about the company and that we've done our job and um, with all due respect while I know there are a number of companies who've done that and they claim success uh, my preferred approach is making sure that we start from a place of identifying who are those employees who want to be advocates who are motivated to do so and bringing them into the fold as it were and first of all starting from a place of asking how do they want to show up on Mm. social media platforms and in the places where they interact with their community Uh, is there any training we need to provide we've offered personal branding training to employees Mm. internally who want to be ambassadors or advocates because how they show up who they want to serve uh, is is a critical part of the process process because I believe, Craig, that employees ultimately work for themselves. They Mm. don't work for the companies. Mm. And so the what's in it for me, the quid pro quo of the employee advocacy arrangement or program, if it's more formal in your company, has to be there where employees see the benefit of building a personal brand for themselves and recognizing that in doing so, and as we empower them with the tools that they need to be able to show up, that the company brand gets to go along for the ride. So Mm. I would say those are the basic uh, foundation tenets that you would need uh, empowering your team to be able to define their personal brands um, how are those brands connected to the company brand and giving them the tools if any that they would need to be able to do that that's fantastic that's a fantastic summary carry on and, and that, that beautifully links on to i'm glad i skipped the question now because now it follows <laughs> on beautifully which is this which is the question around personal branding and i think you're you're a fantastic example of, 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 of this, I think. We, we, you know, in terms of you've got your own podcast, you've clearly got a very strong personal brand and your organization that you work for kind of basks in that reflected sort yes. of glory of, 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 of that. And, and we've had a few, it's interesting because we've had a few interviewees on the podcast who, um, cause we, you know, we, we, you, you know what it's like with podcasting. You get a lot of people like me, you've got their own business and, and that sort of thing, but also, um, you, you know, getting people who are working in a corporate environment and who are doing stuff and in a big organization and, and, and actually having them the, with the confidence to be able to, you know, come on a podcast, but also have their own podcast is, is, is not rare. I'm not saying it's rare, but it, it, it it's, it's unusual. And, and, and we've had a few guests which have been, you know, wonderful re- recent 
interview with a guy called Zane Landon who'd just literally come into internal comms and he has his own kind of really, really strong personal brand. And it doesn't in any way conflict with his, with his work work uh, brand, you know, his, his company's brand. It, it complements it beautifully. So yeah. I just want to just talk about that. I mean, you, you, you've, you've explained very eloquently there that what you actually do to encourage employees to have that personal brand. What, what are some of the things that organizations could be doing maybe better or, or, or more of in terms of, of helping employees to recognize the importance of their own personal brand and not seeing it as some sort of ego trip, uh, <laughs> <laughs> which, which I, some of, I know some organizations I work with would see it as, as that and see it in some way as, as, as incompatible. What, what, what are your, what are your thoughts on that as someone who does have a very strong personal brand, Carrie Ann? Well, I'm glad you raised the point, Craig, because I know there are perhaps some companies listening uh, who are on this side of what I call FAIR, um, F-E-A-R, in the sense that there are a lot of companies who are reluctant to go on this path, Mm. Craig, because they see it as something that comes inherently with a lot of risk, right? Mm-hmm. So when you speak about someone like myself, I'm an, I am I work for a company, but I also have my own podcast independently that has nothing to do with the company. Mm-hmm. I am on this podcast here speaking with you now and my <laughs> boss has no idea <laughs> what I'm doing um, or, or even the fact that I'm going to be appearing on this podcast. But if you're a company that's rooted in a sense of fair in, as far as well, do I want to muzzle my employees? Because I, I, I get it, you know, as, mm. as a company managing a major brand, when you have different employees kind of going out there and maybe having their own blogs or their own podcasts or even just posting valuable thoughts on LinkedIn, it comes with a risk to the company brand because if they go postal, yeah, yeah. <laughs> figuratively, yeah. if they go postal, then it can impact the company brand. You know, let, let's just keep it real. I know also there are some employees who are proponents of, well, it's my personal LinkedIn page yeah. and I should be able to post what I want. But yeah. the reality is when you put that company name up there, your title, and if you work for a company who says we are about diversity, equity, and inclusion, and mm. you decide to spout anti-Semitic content mm, mm. then you know they, yeah. they, it's it's gonna it, and, and as a cmo has had to do media interviews because employees have gone postal yeah, on social yeah, media yeah. i get it mm. so i i think with companies it first of all starts off with recognizing our what what are our recruiting practices and our hiring practices do we have the right people on the team and again i'm stepping into precarious waters but <laughs> one of the reasons why i'm able to do what i do is because my boss is confident that my values align up with the values of the company brand as well right so she's confident that when i come on this program I'm not going to see anything that's in contravention of mm. what the company says it stands for, mm. right? So how are your employees aligned with the values and the mission, the vision, the purpose of the brand is one thing. Making sure that you have your social media policies in place is another thing. And you're training your employees in what is contained in that policy. And your social media policies, for those who who aren't quite aware, are those is that particular policy that shares with your employees how you feel about 
as a company, how you feel about them showing up on social media and what are the things you can and cannot do mm. when you show up. So what can and can I not say about JMMB or its operations in a public forum on social media in an interview like this? Your employees really need to be aware of that. Mm. And then the third thing is that you need to recognize that there is a role you can play as a company brand to, again, empower your team. So you can start out with your personal branding training, helping your employees to define their personal brands, what they stand for, the content they'd like to share, the audience they'd like to serve. And recognizing, too, that there's a benefit for everyone. Employees need to understand that when they build their personal brands, it's setting them up for future of success, both in career and in their personal lives, because they're visible, they're seen. Mm. And similarly, they can also recognize that for, on the company perspective, rather, again, companies who are nervous about employees building personal brands because, hey, they're going to be poached. If my, my employees mm. start posting great stuff on LinkedIn, they're going to be ripe for the picking with recruiters who are looking for great people. And I say to companies as well, is that first of all, if your product is great, it's highly unlikely, perhaps, that your employees would want to jump ship to someone else. But even if that's the case, Craig, what you're doing when you have an awesome team of employees who are building their personal brand, sharing valuable content that's benefiting the company brand, you're establishing what we call a great employer brand for mm. your company as well. So even if your employees may feel the need or get an opportunity that they'd want to take advantage of, that would mean that they'd have to leave and go somewhere else. You should have no problem attracting great people to fill those positions because you've built such an awesome employer brand that people want to come and work for. Mm. And your recruiting team, I'm sure, will be very happy about that. So I would mm. say those are the basic ingredients that go into getting yourself ready to set up yourself and your employees for branding success on a personal and company level. Fantastic. Oh, that's that's, that's beautifully put. And yeah, it just it's interesting. I was talking to um, a guest who I've not interviewed yet, who whose interview um, I'm going to be recording in a couple of weeks. Uh, and she just, she just, come from um uh she, she's just left but, but you know kind of after being there 25 years and having a very happy mm. uh, career a formula one team uh and um and she, she she's massively passionate about the company you know and, and the organization and um she she's now uh helping them set up an alumni although she's left she's setting up an alumni association for the organization and i always think what you just wow. said there really resonates with me which is that whole uh, you know short-sightedness that some organizations have which is to say oh you know uh, if people leave our organization that's it they've gone you know you're, you're you're dead to us almost sort of thing when actually you know very much follows on from what we've been saying today this idea that um i mean i'm an alumni of an organization i left in 2007 and i still advocate wow. them because i still feel an emotional connection to them and and I'm, there isn't a formal alumni association but i still proudly you know declare i used to work there i used to work at you know it's pepsico that's where i and, 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 yes. it, and it was a great organization i worked with some wonderful people um so um i think that whole thing around just because you know and it links to what you were just saying there about oh people might get poached but people get poached uh if they if you've left on really kind of good terms and you loved your time there the you're you, it's not it's a good thing that they go yes. away and say tell other people what a great company it is it doesn't mean that you know they're vanished and and not no longer advocating yes. your business so i think it's a very 
you know what you said that it's almost the it reminded me of an analogy which is you know it's almost like if you have a sports team you don't want to order your players playing too well in case another team wants to go and take them well surely the whole point of having a, a t- any team is that you want everybody performing at their highest level and if that means sometimes they leave then fine and, and as you say you, you know if we if we've got the right culture we'll find other people who can backfill and they go on to do better things but we've got still got that relationship with them even after they've left perhaps so yes um, indeed yeah fantastic well look carry on i'm i'm going to bring things to a close partly partly because i think we well we've covered all the questions we're going to cover but also i'm conscious that that your time time (laughs) at the moment Uh, just just thank you just before we close out though um any any final you've given us a lot you've been very very gracious and 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 generous in terms of the, the ideas that you've shared any any final thoughts or tips that you you know kind of one one thing for someone to maybe go away and try that we we were just reiterating something we've already talked about or something maybe different that the different angle on 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 uh, on on the topic well the one thing i'd like to add uh, craig which we we, we probably didn't dig into very yeah. much but I, i'll just use the opportunity to share sure. it here because i am speaking to an internal comms audience mm. as well mm. uh it's that i know sometimes because i've had internal communication specialists on my podcast and we speak about the connection between internal comms and internal marketing uh because there there is a slightly different nuance and as i say to folks i think the nuance is that advocacy piece mm. you know it's mm-hmm. It's not just about communicating internally to build connection, to build engagement. Uh, It's internal marketing where we're empowering our employees to advocate externally. Mm. But I think there is such an awesome opportunity. And my encouragement is that the internal comms and people teams and the marketing team seek to work together to build the kind of internal marketing success that we're speaking about. Because Mm. the internal communication professionals, they really understand the rudiments and the structure and the ideal strategy that's required to communicate with our employees. And Mm. yes, we marketers are communicators in our own right as well. Of course, our specialty being the external customer. Mm. But the same kind of brand engagement, brand awareness, brand knowledge that marketers know how to build with external customers they can bring that to the table for the internal customer as it Mm. were the employee Mm. and that partnership with marketing and internal comms and bringing in hr as the people specialist can really be a magical thing when you recognize that all of these skill sets can come together because in internal marketing now there is that communication piece in the same way there's marketing communications externally so what are the best ways to reach our employees what are the channels internally when we are communicating that are working, that are not working, that we can rejig, that we can invent. Uh, We've discovered things like internal podcasts or live stream Mm. webinars and things like that in this new Mm. post-COVID hybrid remote world. And it's a partnership with marketing and internal comms and HR that makes that happen and makes those things happen. So I would wrap and say that's my final point is recognizing that internal marketing, because we're moving beyond engagement to advocacy Mm. it's making sure that we bring all of those functional areas together the internal comms the marketing and hr so that they we're getting the best of all worlds when it comes to understanding how to engage our team and how to give them the tools and to motivate them to start sharing the good word with the with the world outside and and give us the brand awareness and the growth that we seek 
Fantastic. Excellent. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, look, Kerry Ann, that has been absolutely fantastic. I mean, at any time of the day, that would have been an amazing uh, interview and conversation. But for three AM in the morning, I'm I'm massively <laughs> uh, I'm massively impressed. I don't think I could I could uh, explain my ideas as eloquently as you have at three AM in the morning. But thank you, <laughs> um, Kerry Ann. I'm going to put some links. I already mentioned we're going to put the link into your podcast again. Just remind us of the name of your podcast, please. Thank you, Craig. It is the Internal Marketing Podcast. And if you Google it, you'll see it, you'll find it. It's available everywhere. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. Well, we'll put the link in for the. Do you have that on your own? Has it got its own host yes, on its indeed. own page? Yeah. Yes, I'll put indeed. the link in for that and also for for iTunes, and then people would find it. I'll put the link into your LinkedIn profile if that's okay, because obviously people might, might having listened to you and uh, we've been talking about personal branding, uh, want to have a, have a look at your profile and maybe reach out to you. Is that okay? Absolutely. And I'm easily found on LinkedIn. So anyone who is interested in following along, connecting and being part of this wonderful internal marketing employee advocacy conversation, mm. feel free to connect. I'm happy to connect. Fantastic. Well, I hope, I'm sure you I'm sure you will be uh, you will be you'll be very popular, Kerry Ann. So uh, that's brilliant. And if there are any as any other links, uh, we, we will pick up pick up after we finish recording. If there's anything else you want me, you can you can email those through and I'll pop those in. And it's always uh, it's always helps uh, connect. Connect with or Google likes those sorts of things, doesn't it? When when we're, I got certainly con- will. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, Kerry Ann, I'm so grateful. As I said, that's been such a, an enlightening interview. And at three a.m. in the morning, I'm massively impressed. Uh, and and would have been regardless of what time of day it was. So, thank you so much. I enjoy the rest of your morning, night, whatever you, you would describe it as. And and I hope uh, you have a have a good. Day. I know you've got some travels coming up in the near future. So I wish you all the best. And thank you so much. Thank you, Craig. And thanks again for the opportunity to share with you and your wonderful audience and the very best to you and yours as well. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Engaging Internal Comms podcast. If you've got any ideas for episodes you'd like us to cover in future, you can email us at info at thebigpicturepeople.co.uk or you can use the feedback form at engagingic.com. If you're not already subscribed to the show via your podcast platform, please do so. And if you could leave a review for us, that would be absolutely fantastic. We have links to other episodes at engagingic.com. All of our previous episodes are available there. And if you're interested in our visual communication services, our big pictures, our learning maps, our explainer videos, and also our live graphic recording, please get in touch with us again at info at thebigpicturepeople.co.uk. Thank you.